2: Welcome aboard and welcome to the Weekend Travel Show, where it's all travel all the time. I'm Rudy Maxey, your genial radio show host. And I'm broadcasting today from the reception area of a luxury hotel that's housed in what used to be a U.S. Army building. I'm at the Presidio, a former Army post very near and overlooking the Golden Gate Bridge here in San Francisco. It's a stunning piece of land uh, that's more than two miles in size. It was decommissioned as a military post in 1994, and the land and its 800 plus buildings were handed over to the National Park Service. Now the Presidio has morphed into a lovely park with residential homes, some carefully curated private offices and renovated buildings, as well as studio space for among others filmmaker filmmaker George Lucas. Now unlike most national parks, the Presidio is required to be self-supporting, so it derives its operating funds from rents, foundations and other sources. In a moment I'm going to chat with the general manager of the inn I'm sitting in, his name is Terry Haney, and you'll learn how you can make this your home if you come to visit San Francisco. Eric Blind is the Presidio's archaeologist, and I'm going to ask him what a former army post needs an archaeologist for. I think you'll be surprised by his answer. We'll review the America's Comp- Cup competition as well. It's happening right out the front door of the Presidio in the San Francisco Bay in the shadow of Golden Gate Bridge, which should give you some idea of the views this setting offers. George Lucas's Industrial Light and Magic Studio and Lucas Arts is headquartered here in the park. Art's a big focus in these parts. Michael Bolin is the Chief Planning, Projects, and Program Officer of the Presidio Trust. And we'll talk with him about the public art projects and the outdoor hiking paths that make this a great place to visit and stay, as I mentioned, when you're in San Francisco. Let's start with a quick look at some news and travel this week. Allegiant Air had to ground many of its aircraft because of suspected problems with the emergency exit slides on its fleet of MD-80 aircrafts. aircraft. excuse me. That meant a week of flight cancellations and long delays. It began September 20th as the airline tried to juggle remaining aircraft. Most of its planes seem to be back in the air by late Tuesday. Allegiant offered $100 vouchers for flights delayed less than four hours, $150 for flights delayed four to six hours, and $200 vouchers for flights delayed six or more hours. I would have given people a lot more than that. And a full refund and $200 for rescheduled flights. Hey, if you're headed to Vegas and hope to pretend you're in Venice by taking a gondola ride along the faux canals of the Venetian Hotel and Casino, well, plan your travel dates carefully. The waterways are standing empty right now for their once every 14 years repainting. 280 gallons of water had to be drained from the AirSat's canals. Workers will have them refilled by 10 a.m. on October 8th. Delta and Richard Branson's Virgin Atlantic won antitrust immunity from the Department of Transportation this week, allowing them to coordinate fares and schedules on transatlantic flights. Delta, of course, bought a 49% stake in Virgin Atlantic last June, but this week's approval allows them to go beyond just selling seats on each other's flights. They're going to combine their networks, share costs as if they're a single airline. Delta's frequent flyers can obtain award tickets on Virgin and vice versa. This, of course is a direct challenge to the two dominant carriers on that route across the Atlantic, American, and British Airways. So welcome, Delta and Virgin Airways, to the dogfight that is routes between North America and London. I want to tell you a little bit about the hotel I slept in here last night. Terry Haney is the general manager of the Inn at the Presidio, where we're broadcasting from. This is the most unusual and delightful place to book a room in San Francisco. Terry, welcome to the show.
3: Thanks, Rudy. Nice to be here.
2: i got to tell you, if somebody said, hey, we're going to put you up for a night in San Francisco in a former bachelor's officers' quarters on a decommissioned Army post... I'd go, do me a favor and give me a second prize.
3: <laughs> you need to come and check it out yourself. Well, I did.
2: I am. And this is true luxury. The finishings and Thank the you. furnishings and the size of the rooms in this former bachelor's office's quarter is just, they're all just stunning. I mean, we're talking colder sinks and and huge walk-in showers with beautiful tiles all the way up to the ceiling. And these are high ceilings. Great windows you can open to the fresh air. Um, and not and <laughs> to... Free free Wi-Fi, (laughs) the number one gripe of hotel guests everywhere. (laughs) It's built into the price, and we're grateful for it. How? how how did this come to be? I mean, who renovated Did the trust renovate it? Is a hotel man? I know a hotel management company manages it.
3: Right. I, I work for Waterford Hotels which is the management company that the trust has hired. And to- you
2: also, want, excuse me to interu- yeah. for interrupting, but they also have uh, a big sewer property, don't they? Uh,
3: Cavallo Point and... Uh, oh, Cavallo Point is a yeah. big
2: sewer property. Sorry, that's another national park across the Bay Bridge. We're on this side. Right. I interrupted you. I'm that's- sorry. I was asking you how this happened.
3: Yeah. This is something that the trust has wanted to do for a number of years. They've n- always known that they, there was a need for overnight accommodations, but this is arc. luxury
2: accommodations
3: in a national park. Well, it's
2: <laughs> I guess you're competing with San Francisco hotels.
3: We are definitely uh, this. This was an officer's uh, barracks. It was not a standard barracks. So, by nature of the of the floor plan of the building, it, it had kind of an upscale feel to it anyway. As each one of the officers had their own suite, they all had their own living room, bedroom, and bathroom.
2: And that explains why I'm, I have a living room, bedroom, and large bathroom.
3: That's the majority of the of the inventory here, Rudy. The uh, 22 rooms in this building, 17 of them are one-bedroom suites because that's what the officers had.
2: And give our audience an idea of, of what the price might be for one of these large suites here um, and, and and whether the prices fluctuate wildly during seasons. They or
3: they do not fluctuate. The trust is very adamant about being um, opaque to everyone and le- letting everyone know. Uh, they don't like playing the, playing the game of raising the rates because... Uh, Oracle's in town, or America's Cup's in town. Right. The rates are the same all year long. Uh, very reasonably priced. Our queen bedded rooms start at two hundred and fifteen dollars. You are kidding me. No, I'm absolutely serious. Okay. And, and then the most expensive room would be a one bedroom suite on the third floor with full full bay views for three hundred and seventy five dollars. Uh, this is a bargain. And well, it also includes a gourmet continental breakfast and a wine and cheese reception in the evening.
2: And it's good wine. It's good cheese. And it's good breakfast. I've had all of them, so <laughs> I can I can. Uh,
3: you have how many rooms here now? There's 22 here in the main inn and then just a couple months ago we opened up a guest cottage across the street called the Funston House and that is a single family home with four more bedrooms so it's got a living room dining room and four separate bedrooms
2: and I met I imagine you're very booked over the holidays like Thanksgiving and Christmas. We are
3: completely full absolutely.
2: How far ahead should one book for a room during popular times like let's say next spring or summer?
3: Well during the during the week, uh, it's a lot easier to get in. Most okay, of our weekends, are, most of our weekends are already booked, about a year out.
2: We do a lot of the weekends are booked a year out. Yes, you are now worn, Mister and Mrs. Front Porch America. <laughs> okay.
3: We do a lot of uh, full groups. So there's a lot of weddings that happen in the Presidio, and what will happen is the, uh, sure, the bridal party the will take the whole place. It's only 22 rooms. What so it's a wonderful weekend to spend with your friends and family like a big family reunion. Well,
2: you walk out the back door and you're in a your hiking path. I can exactly. see it from here. Exactly. And you come back. Last night I came back after dinner, and I sat out back by the fire pit with my son, who lives here in San Francisco, and his girlfriend. Isn't um,
3: that a nice, relaxing fire pit?
2: Yeah, that's a nice, relaxing Put a glass of wine, a little chilly, mm-hmm. but the fire's mm-hmm. going. I mean, this is...
3: We have blankets. <laughs>
2: You have blankets. We, we have blankets. Unbelievable. We didn't need them, but I'm sure sometime <laughs> in the next few months you will need blankets. Yeah. A little fog rolls in, but yep. it's certainly stunning now. Well, Terry, thank you so much for joining me. This is a
3: lovely hotel. Uh, uh, website? www.inatthepresidio.com.
2: Inathepresidio.com. And, and stop it. In, you'll see Terry. I mean, this is an intimate place. He walks around like all good gen managers do and checks on things and say hello to him and tell him. Rudy sent you, and uh, I might actually be here because one night is not enough. <laughs> Thanks, Rudy. Thank you. Okay, we're right here at the Presidio in San Francisco. We're coming to you. Well, let me be honest. We are actually pre-taping the show. Normally, our shows are live on Saturday, but this one is being pre-taped. And I'm telling you this because in a moment we're going to talk about the uh, uh, America's Cup race. So I'm here on Tuesday afternoon, San Francisco time, taping the show for Saturday and Sunday for your listening pleasure. And as I speak. The America's Cup is going down to the wire.
0: Rudy Max's World phone lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025. We'll be back after these messages.
2: Did you know that our loyal sponsor, Travel Guard, is a leading provider of travel insurance plans? When you buy a plan, it comes with 24-hour travel assistance. It's a true lifeline when you're away from home. Help during travel delays, medical emergencies, and with lost or stolen baggage are just some of what Travel Guard provides. Choose from several affordable and comprehensive plans. Travel more and worry less. Visit TravelGuard.com or RudyMaxa.com. Coverage limited by the terms and condition of the policy and may not be available in all states. Underwritten by National Union and Fire Insurance Company in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Non-insurance services provided by Travel Guard Group, Incorporated.
0: Many people who switch their car insurance to GEICO for the savings end up staying for the excellent customer service. That's why GEICO works very hard to make sure every customer is satisfied. In fact, GEICO's customer satisfaction is 97%. And the 3% who aren't satisfied, well, there's just no pleasing some people. But we're working on it. For a free rate quote, visit GEICO.com to see how much you could save. GEICO. 15 minutes could
1: save you 15% or more on car insurance. Do you live with stress? If you have nervousness or common everyday anxiety, we're looking for you. Because right now we're sending risk-free supplies of a fast-acting supplement to listeners of this station. You heard right. Every listener who calls right now will learn how to get a risk-free bottle of Stress Block a naturally-derived formula that promotes feelings of calmness, focus, and well-being in a great-tasting chewable. Supplies for this risk-free offer are limited, so don't wait. Just call 1-800-514-5947. Stress Block is a fast-acting, non-prescription formula to support relaxation without causing drowsiness. Your nervousness is guaranteed to begin fading like magic in no time. This special risk-free offer is for listeners of this station, but it won't last. Call us now for this exclusive stress block risk free offer. Just call 1 800 514 5947. That's 1 800 514 5947. Call 1 800 514 5947.
0: The telephone number to call the program is 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at rudymaxa.com.
2: Here again is Rudy Maxa. Welcome back. Nice to have you here in Rudy Maxa's world. This segment is brought to you by our folks at our friends at Travel Guard. This is an offer you'll want to take advantage of. Travel Guard is partnered with the Reader's Digest, the name you know and trust for reliable expert advice. And TravelGuard, of course, is the nation's leading provider of travel insurance and assistance service plans. Come together, TravelGuard and Reader's Digest are happy to offer you a free smart spenders travel guide that contains some of Reader's Digest's most popular travel advice. You'll read articles like 10 Reasons to Stop Making Excuses and Just Travel Already eight must-have travel accessories, eat like a king, play like a pauper, seven secrets to cheap off-seasons vacations. Pick it up. It's about 120 money-saving tips, ideas, and more. It's the Reader's Digest Smart Spenders Travel Guide. You can pick it up at TravelGuard.com or go to the radio show website, which is RudyMaxa.com, and right at the top of the page, you'll see a banner ad for TravelGuard. Click on that, and you are home free. If you've just tuned into Rudy RudyMaxa's World, this is a special show. We're coming to you from a remote location, which is to say we are coming to you from the Presidio in San Francisco. The Presidio is the name of a former army post here. Well, it was a Spanish army post and a Mexican army post, but it was a US army post until about 94, I think it was, decommissioned. And there was some debate about what to do with this incredibly lovely piece of real estate uh, that goes up the hill from uh, the hills from San Francisco Bay, heavily wooded, uh, Excuse me, about 840 buildings here, um, and finally it was decided to put it into a trust, open to the public as a national park, and that's exactly what they've done. They spent 15 years renovating about 80% of the buildings here. They're working on the other 20%. There's restaurants here. Uh, there are film studios here. There is a hotel, which is where we're coming from to you today, at the, called the Inn at the Presidio. You can find it at, at com and we're talking to some of the folks who work here about this very, very unique national park that actually supports itself. It gets no money, unlike most national parks around the United States who don't have the amenities and real estate and buildings, et cetera, to drive income from, that this one does. Whew, that's a long introduction for my next guest. Who is an, the, he is the Presidio Trust's archaeologist. His name is, is Eric Blind and he joins me here at the microphone. Eric, nice to be here. Nice to be here. Why does an Army Post get an archaeologist?
4: <laughs> or former army post, I should say.
2: Well, what know, went on here? You're digging up. What are you looking for?
4: Um, primarily the colonial beginnings of San Francisco uh, is one of the, the foremost things we're looking for. But ironically, the army actually had archaeologists here before they left. Um, they had a crew of archaeologists uh, watching them as they were cleaning up this old post. Uh, they actually even tapped into a fund. Um, I was told this story by a former colleague of mine who worked for the army at the Pentagon. Uh, the secret, ar- the black a, a book
2: archaeology fund they don't talk fund.
4: about. <laughs> yeah. So as they, as they were cleaning up, they found the colonial beginnings of San Francisco. Um, well, of, uh, the,
2: of the Spanish army, of the, San Francisco, the town of San Francisco, the city of San Francisco.
4: You know, that, that's a, uh, it's an interesting distinction because the, the Presidio came before San Francisco. And
2: oh, there was a military fort here before the city was here. Yeah, there was a military okay.
4: fort here before there was a city here. And okay. it was actually uh, in 1835 that a lot of the uh, kind of founding fathers out here uh, got together and decided to create a pueblo uh, that they called Yerba Buena, that, uh, you know, after the Mexican American War, that, uh, you know, the United States decided to call San Francisco. Okay. Uh, to apply that name to it. So, um, you know, the Presidio we often think of as kind of the birthplace of San Francisco because it was here that people first came, the, the European-derived people. Um, and it was here that they decided to create a place on the other side of the peninsula that would become San Francisco today.
2: Is that one of your trucks digging up out there? we hear the beep, beep, beep backing up sound? Is that...
4: <laughs> I don't know, but I should probably follow that one around to make sure they're not digging up anything good.
2: Okay, so <laughs> when you say they found the origins of the city, they sort of found the origins of the park. Is, what you, is that what you, I mean, excuse me, of the fort.
4: Yeah, so, um, you know, the, the fort gets set up here in uh, 1776. You know, kind of an auspicious year for our country and uh, the beginnings of a history out here. Uh, that's a little bit different than the colonial beginnings that you get on the East Coast. It's uh, British colonial beginnings back there. Out here, it's a Spanish colonial start to the United States. i so same.: curious kinda... to
2: think that Spain had a, had some troops settled here. I mean, yeah. it's a little, Spain's far away from here.
4: Spain is very far away. And uh, in fact, this was really the, the remote edge, the far frontier of the Spanish Empire. It's as far north as they ever got. Um, and it was, you know, the tip of an empire that went all the way down to the tip of South America, um, uh, across the Pacific into the Philippines. And, uh, you know, out here on the frontier, you've got about 35 soldiers and their families. That's uh, it?
2: 35?
4: 35 soldiers and their families, about 191 people come up, um, from, uh, today's Mexico to settle San Francisco, uh, to colonize San Francisco, we should say. And, um... You know, just to give you an idea how lively this population is, about 191 left, 193 arrived, because they had uh, three births on the way, um, and one person happened to die in childbirth. So this is a very uh, vital, you know, community right. that right. was actively coming up here uh, to create, a, uh, you know, what they considered to be a new society.
2: So you said before you came along, right. while the army was moving out, had they, I see right outside the door here, there is uh, some digging for the original walls of the fort. W- was the Army already doing that or no?
4: You know, the Army was, um, I'd say in the latter half of the 20th century, the Army had kind of fallen in love with the folklore of this place. Mm. They really kind of got enamored with the idea that they were the third uh, Army to occupy I San kind of Francisco. I got
2: enamored with the idea they were stationed here. I, I've, I've, oh, I'm, yeah. an, I'm an Army brat. I've lived on a lot of Army <laughs> posts. And there were no, none like this.
4: <laughs> no, there was none like this. So um, they actually, uh, this was passed down to me for a while. Uh, you know, In the Army, every colonel has three dreams. Um, the first is to become general uh the second is to go to heaven and the third is to be stationed at the presidio
2: well my <laughs> father who was a colonel apparently never let me in on the dreams, and he certainly didn't live it, I can tell you that.
4: But. Actually, I, so I verified this with a, a guy that was a colonel. That is a great line. And he said, uh, he said it's, all, it's all true, um, but the, the catch was if you became general and you were stationed at the Presidio, you were already you in already heaven. You were already in heaven, exactly. <laughs> okay. so, anyway. so
2: what are you finding? What are you, do, you, do you work alone or do you have a team?
4: Oh, no, we have a, we have a team. And uh, what are you
2: guys finding? Or are you people finding, you men and women finding?
4: Yeah, uh, you know, we find all manner of things. Um, one of the first things we look for is the, kind of the, the skeleton of the fort, the walls themselves, the different rooms, trying to figure out you know, where were the soldiers living, where were the families living, where was the commandant's quarters, where was the blacksmith's Have shop. Have you done that? Uh, we're just beginning that now just by trying to find where these walls were and then kind of get inside those rooms to look for artifacts and other evidence of what was going on inside those rooms. And this
2: will require digging up earth.
4: Yeah, this requires a lot of excavation and, you know, we're just on the cusp of this big project to do this. Um, We just completed a a state-of-the-art archaeological laboratory where we're able to process a lot of these artifacts that are coming up, analyze them, figure out what they are, um, do some, you know, some dating, try to figure out how old they may be, Um, and then a a place where we can store these artifacts. Thus far, we've found um, just about a half a million artifacts. Whoa, um,
2: and, and you say you're just starting?
4: And we're just, and really we are just starting. Uh, there's quite a bit out there now. Uh, what's know, the
2: most interesting thing you found? I know you get asked that at parties all the time.
4: <laughs> yeah. let, me, let
2: me just tell our listeners, we're talking with Eric Blind. He's the archaeologist here at the Presidio in uh, San Francisco, a former military base, now a national park, but a very unique one. Okay, so you're out there digging for archaeological artifacts. What, what has, what's impressed you most?
4: What's impressed me most, you know, the one um, when I'm asked this question, uh, the artifact that always comes to mind was actually one of the first ones I found out here uh, in about 98, and uh, we were just outside the walls of the old fort, you know, um, and these are stout defensive walls, uh, you know, meant to protect the, the colonists and their families in here from any sort of attack, attack never happened, but this was outside the walls. And uh, we came upon, you know, a lot of artifacts, and a lot of them kind of were speaking to a a Native American presence. Uh, There were a lot of animal bones in there that were from their diet, some shellfish and things that really started to speak to, this was not a colonial uh, collection of artifacts, this was really a Native collection of artifacts mixed with colonial ones. And so we kind of came to this idea that, you know, this seems like one of maybe the Uh, the labor encampments, you know, for the native uh, Ohlone people out here that were working to to build this colonial fort. And one of the things that we found in there was a collection of, there was actually three of them, of these little hand-rolled clay pipes um, Mm. that, you know, the the native Ohlone people and other Indians from the area that were brought into the system here um, were smoking something out of. Mm. And so the question, of course, is what were they smoking? Mm -hmm. Um, So we're still trying to, you know, let the let the science catch up with uh, you know the, our questions. What were they smoking in the past? Um, but uh, we're looking to get that one answered at a certain point.
2: And and we've only got about thirty <laughs> seconds left. But are you working from drawings of any sort from the seventeen hundreds, eighteen hundreds, paintings, anything?
4: Yeah, we are lucky uh, in the fact that you know the military is pretty good at documenting what they what they've done yeah, over true. the years. That's so uh, we do have a collection of maps. But you know what? What we find hardly ever matches the maps.
2: Really. <laughs> So they weren't so good at drawing accurately.
4: Well, the maps reflect what the uh, the governor and the uh, the higher-ranking generals wanted them to build. Oh, I see. And, you know, the families out here, you know, doing their own thing a lot of the times and trying to build something that works for them, even if it's not, uh, you know, by government regulations.
2: <laughs> Eric Blind is the archaeologist here at the Presidio, a fascinating place to dig. What a nice job you have. Thank you, Eric.
4: Oh, thanks. Great to be here.
2: You're listening to Rudy Max's World. take a short break. Hey, stay with us.
0: to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com.
2: Did you know that our loyal sponsor, Travel Guard, is a leading provider of travel insurance plans? When you buy a plan, it comes with 24-hour travel assistance. It's a true lifeline when you're away from home. Help during travel delays, medical emergencies, and with lost or stolen baggage are just some of what Travel Guard provides. Choose from several affordable and comprehensive plans. Travel more and worry less. Visit travelguard.com or rudymaxa.com. Coverage limited by the terms and condition of the policy Policy And may not be available in all states. Underwritten by National Union and Fire Insurance Company in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Non insurance services provided by Travel Guard Group Incorporated.
1: Hey, this is Guy Fietti. Now, when your recipe calls for red peppers, chili powder, garlic, and onions, you got the start of some awesome chili and maybe some heartburn. If that's the case, roll out the Roll AIDS liquid.
5: Don't let heartburn keep you from enjoying the things you love. New Roll AIDS liquid gets you back in the action fast. Even when your worst heartburn symptoms flare up, Roll AIDS liquid dual active formula coats and soothes for. Rapid Relief. New Rolades liquid in your choice of mint or cherry. Use
1: as directed. R-O-L-A-I-D-S. Now that's how you spell relief.
0: participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com.
2: Here's Rudy Maxa. 33 minutes after the hour here in San Francisco, and I bet it's 33 minutes after the hour where you are. I'm coming to you from the Inn at the Presidio. The Presidio is a national park in San Francisco, if you can imagine that, right near the Golden Gate Bridge, with your spectacular hillside views from the hillside of... The Golden Gate Bridge, the Pacific Ocean, the San Francisco Bay, unbelievably beautiful place. And you can come here. If you visit San Francisco, put this on your must-do list. If you want to spend an afternoon hiking, 24 miles of paths, great hiking paths, biking paths, uh, places to eat, place to stay in the Presidio, where I'm broadcasting from the lobby of right now. I'm joined by Michael Boland. He is the Chief Planning Projects and Programs Officer, and I know that sounds a little... Well, it sounds like an enormous job, planning projects and programs. But um, I want to talk about the natural and cultural resources here. And you, uh, how, first of all, how the maintenance here, the trees, the the landscape, this is more than two miles of, of forest. How, how do you do it?
5: Yeah, we, uh, well, we do it with the help of many hands. You know, we have a really dedicated staff of folks that are trained in uh, historic preservation in the stewardship of natural systems, but we also do it with the help of thousands of community volunteers,
2: really. Excellent. And how do, you, how do you describe the topography here and, and the forest to people who have not seen it, to people in your profession? What's, what, how do you explain this kind of forest? Yeah, the uh, the
5: Presidio Forest, is uh, it's an historic forest. You it's know, man-made, it's, though. Yeah, planted. So planted speak. in the 1880s. Yeah, well, yeah. Right. <laughs> For sort Planted, at least. And uh, nature really made it, but uh, people planted it. And uh, it was planted in the 1880s. It's about 300 acres of the post. It's on all the ridgetops and along all the edges. So when you're here in the post, you can't see the city. Uh, and you, you know, can wander around in the forest.
2: Now, this, was, this landscape was relatively barren in 1880 when the army was here. Why did they plant? Who? who I mean, there's a lot of trees here. This isn't just they just did a little plant a grove at the entrance to look pretty. Who decided to turn what looks like the Marin headlands, which are very, they're beautiful, but there's no, no trees to speak of. Who decided, why do you think somebody in 1880, some general went, we're gonna get a lot of trees here and build a forest?
5: Yeah, well the, uh, you know, the soldiers back at that time used to get, uh, basically get hazard pay to come out here. It was a pretty miserable place. It was the edge, you know, it was very far from the east. It was very windy and dusty and windswept and not a very nice place to be. And uh, the commanding officer at that time had a vision of making this a place that's as beautiful as the great parks that were getting built in the east you know
2: ah.
5: and uh, he was actually on the so Parks was commission So it was an aesthetic thing. Yeah 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 well initially you know it was also a practical thing you know he uh, he wanted to make it more comfortable he wanted to make it
2: easier to But it had no military application. No, I mean not whatsoever. hide guns yeah. or anything yeah. okay
5: so it's the only uh, the only army base in the country that looks like a park
2: and Absolutely. it is and now is a park and is a
5: park yeah and
2: uh, included in the park is a place for camping for folks and apparently you bring kids from the city uh, which is, which is well, about three blocks that way uh, in here for that experience.
5: Yeah, the uh, Rob Hill. Rob Hill is the highest point in the Presidio. What's it and called?
2: It's called Rob Hill.
5: Rob Hill, okay. And uh, we don't know who Rob was, but he liked the hill, I guess. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, Rob Hill was uh, is the highest point in the park. I actually camped there when I was a Boy Scout uh, when I was young, when it was an Army base. And um, uh, it, for me, it was a magical experience. You know, you woke up in the middle of the, you know, in the morning, in the middle of the city, in the middle of a forest, and right. heard... Sea lions, and you know, we're miserable and freezing and cold because it's always uh, you know a little bit damp here. um, And uh, but it was magical, uh, stars in the city. So we uh, set out this. You know, we have an aspiration in the Presidio to serve every child in San Francisco in a in a meaningful way. And so we revived this campground uh, through the generosity of a, a very generous donor in the community, the Haas family. And rebuilt it, uh, expanded it, and now serves 6,000 kids a year at the campground, uh, mostly kids that have never camped. So it's a first camping experience for all those kids.
2: We, were talk- I- we talked before the show. I asked you what your biggest challenge was, and you referred to something that's gonna- a pretty big project over here that you were going to do. Oh, the, uh, the main post bluff? Right. Yeah. What is that?
5: Yeah, you know, uh, the approach to the Golden Gate Bridge is this uh, highway called Doyle Drive. It was built in the 1930s, and that project is the roadways being rebuilt. And when they rebuild it, it's going to go underground in a couple of key locations. And you're going to be able to walk from the birthplace of San Francisco, which is up at the El Presidio, you know, right, right around now, the corner. Right? Yeah. Uh, from there all the way down to the northern waterfront of the, Presidio, of the Presidio and of San Francisco over the top of the freeway. And it's uh, 10 acres of new parkland that's going to be jutting out into the view of uh, the Bay, the Golden Gate, the downtown skyline, really uh, fantastic.
2: So you're increasing the size of the park by 10 acres without like yeah. reclaiming anything in the water? Or no, yeah. no, yeah, just, just uh,
5: yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we've been doing a lot of that since we started here, tearing up asphalt uh, create to create open space, removing buildings to create open space, and now reclaiming the space on the top of a freeway.
2: But but you do have to be careful about what you touch here. You can't you can't come in and build a 20-story glass and steel. Compact. No, not at
5: all. I mean, the whole Presidio is a national historic landmark. It's a precious part of our national
2: heritage. Well, it's a beautiful part, and I uh, you've got a big job. But I'm just knocked out by it. I saw yeah, it in the early you. days when it was army post. I saw it when it was when the army left, and and I hadn't been back in years. And I just can't believe how you've transformed this place. You and your team, of course, uh, takes many hands. Michael Boland's the chief planning projects and programs officer. Um, do you live in, do you live on the property? No, I, I wish I did. <laughs> I gather there's a waiting list for some of these units. Indeed. Uh, mm.
6: Uh, mm. So.
2: And does it, do any of your colleagues live here? Yeah, several of us do.
5: Several of us do, but yeah. No, well, it's, I,
2: uh, I imagine it's a highly coveted place to live. Very much so. Because you're, again, yeah. you're, as you say, you're in a national park in, the, in San Francisco, in a city. Yeah.
5: yeah. Well, and the beautiful thing is that everyone who uh, rents here is supporting all the, supporting the park. You know, supporting the good work that I they do. I think the
2: beautiful things they live here. I envy them.
5: Yeah, well that's too.
2: Michael, thank you for stopping by. Thank you. We'll be right back in Rudy Max's world here in just a moment. We're coming from the with to you from the In at the Presidio. A lot of prepositions here. In at the Presidio from Presidio National Park in San Francisco, CA. Don't go away.
1: Hey, this is Guy Fieri. Now, when your recipe calls for red peppers, chili powder, garlic, and onions, you got the start of some awesome chili and maybe some heartburn. If that's the case, roll out the Role-AIDS Liquid.
5: Don't let heartburn keep you from enjoying the things you love. New Rolade's Liquid gets you back in the action fast. Even when your worst heartburn symptoms flare up, Rolaids Liquid dual active formula coats and soothes for rapid relief. New Rolade's Liquid in your choice of mint or cherry. Use as directed.
1: R-O-L-A-I-D-S. Now that's how you spell relief little Bo
0: Peep has lost her sheep because someone broke into her apartment and stole all her sheep not to mention a 50 inch flat screen TV. Luckily the Geico Insurance Agency had helped her with renter's insurance and she got full replacement she has since trained her sheep to do voice impressions of various attack dogs and now feels very safe visit Geico.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Many people who switch their car insurance to Geico for the savings end up staying for the excellent customer service. That's why Geico works very hard to make sure every customer is satisfied. In fact, Geico's customer satisfaction is 97%. And the 3% who aren't satisfied? Well, there's just no pleasing some people. But we're working on it. For a free rate quote, visit geico.com to see how much you could save. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.
7: Several research studies show that people who are on the same diet and exercise program lose three to four times as much weight when taking 1,100 milligrams of pure green coffee extract than they do when not taking it. So if you are serious about losing weight, call Longevity Medical Clinic to order your bottle of pure green coffee extract at 866-869-6864, extension 1. That's 866-869-6864, extension 1. Or order online at lmclinic.com. That's lmclinic.com.
1: That's you live with stress if you have nervousness or common everyday anxiety we're looking for you because right now we're sending risk-free supplies of a fast-acting supplement to listeners of this station you heard right every listener who calls right now will learn how to get a risk-free bottle of stress block a naturally-derived formula that promotes feelings of calmness, focus, and well-being in a great-tasting chewable. Supplies for this risk-free offer are limited, so don't wait. Just call 1-800-514-5947. Stress Block is a fast-acting, non-prescription formula to support relaxation without causing drowsiness. Your nervousness is guaranteed to begin fading like magic in no time. This special risk-free offer is for listeners of this station, but it won't last. Call us now for this exclusive stress block risk free offer. Just call 1 800 514 5947. That's 1 800 514 5947. Call 1 800 514
3: 5947.
7: Get out the map, get out the map, and lay your finger anywhere down.
0: To participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa.
2: Welcome back. It is 43 minutes after the hour coming to you live from San Francisco from the Presidio National Park, which is just one of the most beautiful places in the world. You've heard me talking about it for the last, well, more than an hour, so I'll spare you re-identifying everything that's great about it. But one thing is you can actually come here and dine. This is a destination. This is not just a national park for for hiking, walking, biking, golfing. It's also a great place to stay and a great place to dine. And Robbie Lewis is going to tell us a little about that. He is the head chef of the Presidio Food Program. That sounds a little institutional there, Robbie. What's the Presidio Food Program?
6: Well, we wanted to play upon the name Presidio so, you know, everyone can find us. (laughs) It's easy to find us, but it's... uh... We like to play into the uh, m- military nomenclature here a little bit because there's you know quite the history here. As I was looking into it, it's you know 500 years of military food. Right. F- food, <laughs> exactly. So we try to p- kind of play into that
2: a little bit. Tell me about yourself. What's your background as a chef?
6: Um, career mainly here in San Francisco. Uh, did a lot of travel. Lived in Spain for a year and Italy for a year and things like that. But about 20 years of cooking here in the Bay Area. Uh, was the executive chef of a restaurant called Jardiner here for about eight years? Now
2: let's—we uh, just
6: pause right. That's a little too modest to skip over. That. Tell me about that restaurant. I've heard of it. Jardiner has uh, been around. I believe they just celebrated their 16-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. A nice long haul for the restaurant industry. Mm-hmm. Um, Beard Award winner, mm-hmm. um, ig- uh, founding executive chef, uh, owner Tracy Desjardins. Mm-hmm. Her and I have been working together for over 20 years. Um, and
2: we heard earlier today that she may be bringing some of her talent to bear here at the presidio we are
6: going to open not one but hopefully several restaurants with and cafes with tracy here in the, in the presidio wow wow and these will be in the uh historic army barracks uh several in the barracks one uh in uh, I'm not even sure the history of it, the Golden Gate Club, which is an event space here up on the hill. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, and just talking to them, talking to the Presidio people about food in the Presidio and what, what we can do to improve, do you, improve
2: it. Do you see yourself, yourself at, at least at your tablecloth restaurants, competing with the top restaurants in San Francisco? Uh,
6: I have all the plans to do that. Yes, I do. I want to make this – I think there's a lot going for this. Mm-hmm. You know, the the location is – It's stunning. It's stunning. You know, the other day I was doing you know one of my first cooking events here. You know, my new position here, and walked out of the back door of the kitchen, and you know, in my usual tense kitchen chef mind headspace, and walked outside and was just, it's okay. This is you know you're like this is stunning. (laughs) Um, The location is stunning. Um, The parking is pretty unparalleled in, in, the, in a town like that's, San Francisco, that's right? That's true. It is easy to park The world is right. compressed here, and right. you circle your house, your own house, for 20 minutes to find a parking space, so there's no shortage of parking spaces here, um, and bring talent here. I think there's a, there's a you know, the Presidio Trust is looking to make this a world-class destination of, of several ilks, you know, ho- hoteling and restaurants and event spaces, and I hope to be a large part of that. Well, so you, you mentioned you're new here. About about a week old, about two weeks old. Oh
2: my goodness!
6: Oh brand my new, goodness. brand. I so mean, just came n- here. Yeah, the restaurants aren't you know they're still in planning stages and construction phases, but there's uh, no shortage of meetings. <laughs> but you actually started construction on some of these restaurants? They're, indeed. I thought it was just announced. Uh, they're
2: very clever up here, aren't they? they, they,
6: they you, well, you want to keep the, the steam rolling at the right pace so you, know, you kind of hedge your bets and So wait.
2: is there an opening date for any – I mean, rough – I mean, I'm not going to hold you to obvious, but a rough season that we we're, might find. We're hoping first... to
6: open the restaurant uh, in around February. Well, that's
2: very soon. It is soon. Well, that's, that is great. And what is your – what kind of
6: cuisine, what, what kind of food do you cook? Uh, as is the case here in Northern California. It's a, it's a you know, it's kind of... Regionally the, based? Yeah, well, the PR people call it, you know, New American, whichever that means. So it's, it's, it's a very kind of, uh, due to my travels and the things that interest me, it's a pretty um, organic blend of, of, of French and Italian and Spanish, and it's just, you know, Calmed as they say. Well, you certainly have the ingredients here, don't you? This is, this is the best place in the world to cook. It is a great
2: eating city. Well, I I can't wait to come back
6: appreciate um, it well, we'll look
2: forward to having you and see what you're cooking up is there a name for the restaurant uh, the, the,
6: the, the the first one is the one that we're going to do that's kind of um, going to be Iberian influenced Spanish okay. and Portuguese and again we're, we're talking about playing into the uh, the, the army background here and we're going to what I, what I call it commissary oh perfect perfect
2: Robbie Lewis is the head chef of the Presidios food program and uh, Sounds like quite a program a uh, muscular program that you're 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 about to serve up and we appreciate it. Thank you, sir. And he's new. He's only a week the... Congratulate. Congratulations. Bring Robbie in. Nice to have you on the job. <laughs> nice to have you. Boy, they put you on the radio and you're only been here a week. <laughs> <laughs> Try <Trauma> by fire. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back in just a moment here in Rudy Max's World from the Presidio, from the Inn at the Presidio in the National Presidio National Park in San Francisco. <laughs> To participate
0: in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800 387 8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. To join Rudy Maxa, call 800 387 8025. You can email the show at info at com. Now back to Rudy Max's World.
2: It is 52 minutes after the hour, and as I told you about 10 or 15 minutes ago, we we're actually taping this show at a time. As you know, I would like to do live shows on Saturday so we can get all the travel news in, but circumstances dictated we do this on Tuesday. So I'm in San Francisco on Tuesday, and if you can think back, you're listening to this now on Saturday or Sunday, if you can think back to Tuesday and what happened in San Francisco, the America's Cup held two more races Now, when I arrived here a few days ago, the US team was being clobbered by the New Zealand team. As you may know, this is uh, New Zealand versus Team Oracle uh, representing the United States. The first team to win nine races takes the cup, and New Zealand is dying to take the cup back to New Zealand because that means the next race will be there, and it means hundreds of millions of dollars in tourism money for New Zealand. They were leading eight to one. One, one race away when I got here from taking the trophy home. The U.S. team has won seven straight races. And while I've been taping this show, two more races happened, bring, bringing it up to seven. It is now eight to eight. And I'm delighted to be joined by Julian Guthrie. You've heard her on the show a couple of times in the last couple of months talking about this upcoming America's Cup race. She wrote a great book about Larry Ellison of Oracle, who is large, is one of the major financiers of the U.S. team. Julian, you are on the scene. You are down at the San Francisco waterfront today when these two races happened. What was it like?
7: Oh, my gosh. It is, you know, it's being called... One of the greatest comebacks in sports, in sports history. You know, as you said, you know, the team was down eight to one at match point for every single regatta, every single race. And they've come back, uh, Team Oracle, and they have sailed just beautifully. You know, they've tweaked the composition of the crew, who's on the boat they've made pretty significant changes which they're not revealing yet but they have to the boat itself and they have just surged now we are at eight versus eight eight to eight the kiwis have eight the united states has eight tomorrow is you know super wednesday and um you know it was exciting it was it's just so tense there's you know, hundreds of thousands of people are watching these races. The America's Cup has finally caught on with the mainstream. People are pouring down to the San Francisco waterfront. You know, the wind was at around um, 18, 19, uh, 17, 18, 19 knots today. The weather was perfect. The weather cooperated. And you have these AC-72 catamarans with these 130-foot wing sails flying hydrofoiling, getting entirely out of the water, these seven-ton boats, you know, across San Francisco Bay. And it's a really close race, and people are converted into, you know, sailing fans, or at the very least, America's Cup fans, because there's so much drama.
2: Well, I, I Well, any time you've got a come back like this from 8 to 1, now we will say that uh, there was penalties that penalized the American team by two two races but still it's it it was eight to one not long ago and they've won seven straight to make it eight to eight our listeners listening on saturday and sunday this show will already know who have won whether it's new zealand or america we do not um right i thought i honestly thought because we plan to have you on the show you and i i think probably both would have taken a bet last week that new zealand was going to win They were so far ahead all they had to do is win one more race and it would and i think I thought you were going to be on the show here today to describe a cranky Larry Ellison of Oracle who likes to win. (laughs) He must be – I mean, is anybody getting any sleep tonight on either team? No. No, absolutely not.
7: You know, but what this is – it's so fascinating to me because – you know, I did a lot of reporting for my for my book, The Billionaire and the Mechanic, and I spent a couple of years interviewing Larry Ellison and a lot of the key players on this Oracle Racing team who are a part of it today. And what I learned is, you know, the big hot term in technology startups is to pivot, and that is the ability to change direction if the direction you're going isn't working. And that's what... You know, Larry Ellison figured out how to do. He lost the first America's Cup in 2003, lost again in 2007, comes back with a vengeance in 2010, you know, loses the first, uh, you know, is behind 8-1 to one in this 34th America's Cup. And, you know, they're not giving up. They're looking at, okay, what can we do uh, for the team? What can we do to the boat? And what are we going to do for our plays? You know, calling the plays on the water. They have plays just like – uh, you know, uh, on, for sailing just like they do in football or other sports. So it's a message of, you know, here's a guy who he has delegated a lot of this, Larry Ellison, but I know he has been involved every single day watching these races in on the decision-making in terms of who's off the boat, who's on the boat, is very aware of the technological uh, modifications, the changes made to the boat um, at this point in the race so very involved and is you can see him now he's he's watching all the races from a chase boat and um you know the first few days of racing the first week of racing were really maudlin were very glum and gloomy and there was no smiling there were no thumbs up and now you see you know it's not over till it's over but this comeback alone has been phenomenal to watch
2: well it's and great and great
7: city of san francisco you know the tourism it part is. The it is it is it's been enormous
2: one of the great pivots of all times check out julian SF.com. julian SF.com, thank you to my uh mike krupchicka my engineer here and to jeff ryder my engineer in connecticut and i'm rudy max of janet day mcdonalds my executive producer see you next week travel safely did i mispronounce your name no it's not all right give it to me krupichka krupichka see
0: you next week